is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups. We've got another exciting interview tonight with Jesse Lewis. Jesse, thanks for joining us. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's great having you. It's great having you. Thank you for uh, allowing me to stalk you on Facebook and find you in our Facebook group, and you so graciously agreed to become a guest. Appreciate well, that. I am super excited to get started, for sure. Well, tell us a little bit, who is Jesse Lewis? All right, well... I am primarily a conversion copywriter, um, and what that means for those who are completely unaware, we're not talking about copyright law, it's more copy as in I write your copy for your website. Um, I started my career back at uh, one of the larger marketing agencies in the Southwest, and I grew from there. I eventually realized that I wanted to do my own thing, mm -hmm. as I'm sure many folks have a similar story, and so I started freelancing. And that was the first time <laughs> I did it for a few months. I was writing blog posts and, you know, picking up things where I could. And a while in, I realized that things were not going the way that I had planned them to. And I got an opportunity to go in house and I started doing uh, marketing in house and had that whole phase of my career. And then I have now launched again, this time focusing purely on conversion copywriting. So, how so did you, that's what I do now. Let me circle back real quick. Uh, how did you... How did you initially get into copywriting? Is your education in like English? Is it, I mean, were you a writer? Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, uh, I went to school for English mm -hmm. and it was funny because while I was in school, I remember hearing about, you know, different options that you could take sure. uh, while studying English. Um, you know, the main one is going to be becoming an English professor, which mm -hmm. I considered for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but then I realized, I'm like, well, you know, I kind of want to have a more traditional career. And I started hearing more about advertising. And at the time, I actually had this whole ethical conundrum because I'm like, advertising, marketing <laughs> is so evil. You know, I think that that's a really <laughs> common perspective. Yeah. Um, but I eventually, I'm like, well, you know, I can kind of do social media. That's cool. And that's how it actually started. I was starting as a, a blog writing and social media intern at that agency. So that kind of opened the door there. So it went from co content really to copywriting now. Okay. Was this in the, was this in the Phoenix area or? Yep. Okay. And that's, Everything that's where you are now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to, this is a complete shift right now. What is that picture behind your head? Oh, which one? <laughs> I see the trees and like the mountains and yes, no, I actually, uh, that's one that I got from a thrift store. Oh, I thought maybe you were going to tell us really a story cool. about you painted it or. I, I would love to tell you a story about how I painted it. <laughs> I don't have that story though. Okay. All right. We'll get back um, to copywriting. I that just, as I was, I was looking at you, I was looking at that picture. I thought, I wonder if she painted that. She's probably really eclectic. And... <laughs> I, I would have loved to. I actually studied uh, art in school as well for, for a short while, but I just thought that one was pretty. I understand. So, so you, you have, you went on your own for a short time and then circled back. You said you went in house and then now you're back on your own again, right? Yeah. So, so give us a little bit of that shift. What, what happened? What was, what caused that, that second pivot again? Yeah. So, um, you know, the first time that I had started freelancing, it was, it was wonderful. I loved being on my own. Um, I think that I had found that going from college to working in a nine to five was a huge shift for me. Yeah. Uh, as I, I think a lot of people feel, it's just something that's so accepted as a norm in our society that we don't question it. Right. Uh, but I think for me, more specifically, I was actually homeschooled throughout grade school. Mm -hmm. And homeschooling can be done really well and it can be done really poorly. 
luckily my parents were awesome and they did really well. And so for me, homeschooling was very much an experience of learning how to work for myself, you know, learning how to start my own projects and do my own thing. So that's what I was really used to. Um, and so when I did then return for a second time to a, you know, standard, uh, you know, eight to five kind of job, it was really exciting because I got to put into practice all of the marketing practices that I had been learning over right. the past couple of years and, you know, my previous life at the agency and then even working um, on my own. But at the same time, it was just frankly exhausting. And so from there, I realized that I needed to take the leap again. But of course, I was really scared too. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure you know, how I could do it differently. <laughs> I wouldn't end up in the same result of just like barely scraping by. And, um, yeah, that was, that so went I went through my mind. Cool. I mean, how did, yeah, that to do it again, once that you, yeah. you know, when you had <laughs> tried it the first time and, and I mean, it, it may or may not have worked out. I mean, you just made the decision not to, not to continue it the first time. So, but there had to be some kind of fear and trepidation going into the, you know, oh, stepping yeah. out on your own again. It took uh, quite a few months of journaling. <laughs> That's definitely <laughs> the big thing um, of journaling, of decision uh, weighing. I actually created this right. whole spreadsheet of like, here's everything that I value and here are my different options. And I considered everything from um, starting a business to you know, well, what if I just went and worked in retail? Maybe that's what's missing in my life. Maybe it's this crazy schedule. You know, maybe if I was working right next door at a little shop, my life would be different. So I considered everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I ended up realizing, I'm like, you know, I have the skill. I know I want to start a business. I'm going to do it again. Uh, but before I do, I'm going to like analyze everything that went wrong and make sure it doesn't happen. So. So who is your ideal client now that you're on your own? Who, who's yes. kind of your avatar? Um, my ideal client nowadays is I work primarily with solopreneurs, um, and it's a pretty big bucket. Um, it's folks who are coaches, who are consultants, who are shop owners. Mm -hmm. I work with um, some online shop owners. Uh, so that's kind of the first group, as well as people who are doing these kind of heart-driven businesses. So I don't know if you've heard of B corporations uh, or social entrepreneurship. Yep. But um, yeah, any folks who are kind of trying to do things a little bit differently, whether for themselves or for a, a larger movement. Now this, I mean, like fair trade, like, um, you know, I mean, we had, I had a, a previous guest on that is a, um, she designs like handbags. That would oh, be a awesome. great, it's called Freedom Shoe and, and it really is a social enterprise. So it'd be good to go back and listen to that one as well. But, and she's on her own, but we've known her for, for a very long time. I mean, she was actually an international exchange student that came to the States and our family kind of was there was a host family, you know, or a friendship family for her when she was in university. So mm -hmm. it was just a, a great story to see what she's she's doing with her life now and just amazing, amazing things. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I've personally I've been in the nonprofit space for a very long time. And so we lived overseas for like about 13 years. So uh, mm -hmm. working in education and disaster relief and and uh, so I my heart is with you on that. I, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, it's kind of like your if you had a niche avatar that you were going after. Well, and I love it because I feel like I'm seeing more and more folks moving in that direction. For sure. Um, especially especially the solopreneurs. <laughs> yeah. A lot of individuals being like, I need to do something different. I need more meaning in my job. Yeah. You know, what can I do? So tell me, since you've started your this this last pivot on your own, what has been kind of the lowest point that you've encountered since you uh, and how long ago was that? Yeah, so it's been almost a year now. Okay. Uh, for the second run. Okay. 
Um, probably my lowest point, I don't know if there's one specific time, but definitely in the first couple months of uh, quitting a job for the second time and trying to rebuild and you know figure things out, there were lots of emotional up and downs. <laughs> it was a lot of days of, you know, coming up to my husband and be like, I don't know if this is the right direction for me. I don't know if this is the right business that I've started. Like, you know, will I ever be successful? Will I ever figure things out? So there were definitely a lot of ups and downs then. And uh, that's when I discovered yoga and med meditation and everything that's just kind of like, okay, how do we get back in the zone after whatever that was? Sure. <laughs> So was were there were you doing freelancing on the side as well, or was this just a cold, clean break? It was a clean break both times, actually. Okay. Uh, the second time, I had kind of kept up my blog a little bit, so mm -hmm. I blog regularly about copywriting and business how tos. It's just kind of, kind of the drumbeat content of my business. Um, so I had kept that up a little bit, but I was pretty much like, all right, we've got a little bit of a nest egg saving, so let's just go at this again and throw everything at it. So what what was your what was your strategy? And these I'm, these are a little off topic, but I'm I'm really interested in this kind of this transition. What was your your lead strategy from the moment you know that you walked out Friday afternoon from your previous job and Monday morning you get up and said, "Well, I'm actually employed by myself now." So what's the first thing I'm going to do at eight thirty in the morning on Monday? Um. So that was. It's definitely been a journey there. So I think that was actually where I went wrong the most the first time that I freelanced in that I actually was very fortunate to get some really good referrals when I first started freelancing. Mm -hmm. um, and that became what I relied on. Uh, okay. And because of that, I never did any sourcing. And that's why my business never grew. Wow, really? <laughs> you don't look for clients. <laughs> they don't just show up. Um, and then the second time, that was the big thing of, okay, how do we? how are we going to do this? Don't want to fall into the same rut of just taking little jobs as they come in. Um, so it's really been a blend of things. I actually, it's only, I'll be completely honest, it's only started to pick up in the past couple months. Uh -huh. um, it's been a journey it's pretty of natural taking course, summer, frankly. Yeah, you know, it takes a while to build up. Right. Um, but for me, my, my focus has largely been, first of all, on my blog. Uh, and this is not necessarily a lead source for me, but it's a way for me to stay in touch with people really well. Uh -huh. uh, for my blog and the, my, my, uh, the email newsletter that I send out, um, and I, I send out some exclusive content via that as well. But that has allowed me to really develop relationships with people. Um, but for me, it's been involved. It's being, it's just getting out there more. It's being right. involved in Facebook groups. It's not so not so much in person networking that hasn't been super uh, successful for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I. I think that a lot of people feel that way as well, but it's it's Facebook groups, it's LinkedIn, it's just you know how can I start nurturing those one-on-one -on -one relationships more? I think for a long time I was really focused, uh, you know, coming from the big the big brand agency world, I was focused on we need to send out blog posts everywhere, we need to have a full social media strategy, and it's this you know kind of big touch. And I'm realizing now it's much more about how can I help this one person right now and develop that relationship with mm. them. And then maybe that might lead to, you know, a potential client engagement. If not, that's totally fine because I just made a new friend. So right. I'm okay with that. Let me ask you this. I, I mean, I, uh, I'm i kind of a podcast junkie. I mean, not only my I like my own, but but I, I love to listen <laughs> to podcasts. And one of the things that, that uh, you hear over and over again when they interview people is is this idea of niching down. 
mm-hmm. continue to niche down your avatar until it's until it's almost painful. You know, I mean, focus so tightly, and that's almost counterintuitive, especially for somebody just getting started. And I know you mentioned earlier, you said you know the bucket's pretty big, of of who the the client, you know, the ideal client would be right now. Mm-hmm. Tell me your philosophy on or what you've at least learned in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months about that versus, you know, I mean, do you think that that you should niche down more to really focus on the ideal client or is it is that are you too early in the process to do that? I mean, just what do you, give me some of your thoughts on that, because I, I think that'd be really interesting for others to hear that, you know, maybe facing kind of the same, you know, the same point that you are in, in the process or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. struggling with something like that. So here are my thoughts. I think that when you're first starting out, it is beneficial to cast the net a little bit wide. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have any sort of network or any sort of testimonials, you just need to start getting enough that you can prove that you're credible. Uh, You know, if you are a solo service provider, that's the most important thing is just start getting some snippets under your belt, whatever that might look like, a little bit of design work if you're a designer. But I do definitely believe fullheartedly in niching down. that's actually, uh, you know, if I look at my uh, first time freelancing versus, you know, the second time running my business, that has definitely been a big difference is I realized that I was, you know, even even the first time when I quit my my first job, I said, I'm so sick of blogs, I'm never going to write any more blogs for people. But of course, those were the referrals coming in. So I was like, okay, I guess I guess I'm doing blogs now. And, um, I'm a full time blog writer. Work out. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. And uh and, you know, this time, I, that was one of the big differences is that I was really intentional. Like, I am niching in uh, both who I serve, but also what I do. I only do conversion uh, copy, and that means both web copy uh, and it means emails. And that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Anybody else, I'm going to refer you somewhere else because I need to stay focused. And what I found is that uh, niching down in what you offer allows you to develop a lot of expertise. And uh, that's been huge um, in you know, learning a craft even. Um, and then as far as niching down by uh, client, I think, I definitely think that it's valuable. Um, and especially from a marketing perspective, you need to be able to speak directly to who you are, who you want yeah. to market to. Right. And, um, and, you know, there's all, you know, things about that. But the, uh, the thing that's most important to me when I am niching down is uh, ideological lineup, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So like for me, it's I'm, I'm working both with solopreneurs and, you know, with maybe these bigger companies, but my hope is that they all are, you know, these heart-driven businesses. Right. Right. So that's, there's lots of different ways to niche, but sure. as long as you have one way to present your message, that's what's going to be most effective. That's a, that's a good word. That's a, I, I like the way you, you kind of clarify and refine that at, right at the end as you were wrapping up that that little soliloquy on, you know, niching down that, um, because that's exactly right. I think sometimes we just think about just the, the, what's the client look like, you know, who, or who is that client in, in, in terms of, you know, demographics like age, gender, uh, spending patterns, those types of things. And I, I really like the, the more ideological approach to, to looking for your ideal client. So, we talked about the, the kind of the lowest point. Tell us your highest point since you started your business, your this latest iteration. Um, I have to be honest, it's probably last week and this week. <laughs> wow. 
good things timing. have been, yeah, things have been picking up in a huge way. Um, it happened when uh, I've had a couple really good clients recently, and one of them was kind enough to share a testimony about my work in a popular Facebook group. And as a result, I have spent the past three days fielding inquiries on Facebook. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I, I'll take it all. Send it my way. But uh, it's a definitely a bit of an emotional high right now. And we're going to link this podcast in that same Facebook group. So, you know, as you're oh, responding sure. to people for sure, hey, just go go look <laughs> at my interview on this podcast and we're going to be live soon. So sounds good. That is that is fantastic. I, I love the uh, just the fact that we can catch you on your <laughs> the height of the wave here. So I want I uh, we were we we're about to transition into kind of our final stage of the interview here, the, the really drilling down the questions. But. There's some things that you mentioned that I would like to circle back with just to, just for a couple of minutes about um, conversion copywriting. So unpack that a little bit. I mean, the things that are going through my mind are like HubSpot nurture campaigns and email offers and how to get people to you know go through lead pages. And so but I'm just throwing a lot of terms out there right now. So you you can say it a lot more succinctly and clearly than I can. So so tell us what that is exactly. For sure. So conversion copywriting is, uh, it's basically in my mind, the best form of copywriting, obviously, because I do it. <laughs> but you know, I think when people think of copywriting, they think of other forms of copyright or other forms of writing in general, um, as far as like, oh, yes, I'm a writer, I could totally write a website. And you know, there's definitely a difference between making things just sound good, um, which is what a lot of early career copywriters will focus on. Um, you know, a lot of early career copywriters are, uh, you know, have a writing background, and they're like, sure, you know, I can I can write a website. But when you get into conversion copy it's really about taking the uh the key messages that are going to uh move a reader to action so on one hand you have all of the the hopes and desires and pain points of your reader and then you have your business and what you offer and how you might be able to offer that and in the middle are the key messages and those yeah. are the things that you want to be repeating over and over and so conversion copywriting is all about okay how can we lay out those key messages in a way that's going to actually move a person to convert and that's why i focus mostly on web copy and email because those are really where that happens okay and this is this is like taking them on the buyer's journey Yes, yes. You know, I think that um, a lot of conversion copywriters will focus in on funnels, on mm -hmm. funnel strategy. Right. Um, a, a lot of folks will focus in on um, on launches. You know, if you're doing an online course or something along those mm -hmm. lines. But yeah. um, conversion copywriting, it's it's a it's a method of copywriting that's a lot bigger than all of those things. Right. Right. And it, I mean, it, at at its core, it's story. It's it's putting the the buyer in the story. It's it's crafting the story around the 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 pain point that the company can solve for the buyer. So. Yes, yes. It's and actually my favorite part about it is that really, um, you know, a lot of this has been taught by uh, Joanna Weeb. She's the leader yeah. of Copy Hackers, if you're familiar. Mm -hmm. um, and so that she's actually the, the one who I've, you know, kind of studied her writing and everything that she teaches. And um, a lot of it is kind of turning the language that the customer uses back on them. So it involves a lot of research as far as like, how are they actually talking about their pain points? You know, if somebody says, you know, if you're selling you know, soap, and somebody says, I'm tired of my hands drying out, then you can turn that into a headline that says, tired of your hands drying out, because that's exactly what they're <laughs> exactly. experiencing. So, and social media has part. unlocked that. I mean, oh, yeah, because of the, it's the online conversation that happens around, you know, product lines and, and around companies. So that is, uh, that's, it's really interesting that, uh, you know, that I think when we think of copyright, I mean, there, it's just such a broad category 
of you know of what that is. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm appreciate you narrowing that down. So let's get a let's get a little more granular here and find out a little get, get a little deeper in in the <laughs> Jesse Lewis psyche here. And so tell me who other than uh, maybe maybe it's the lady you just mentioned, but uh, who online probably inspires you the most and why? Uh, so I follow quite a few people and I admire many people, but I think right now, um, the person who would be at the top of my list is Marie Forleo. Yeah. And, um, I'm actually, uh, taking her B school class right now and that's been fantastic. But what I love about her is how she has taken business as a concept, which I think, uh, you know, for the longest time has been very male dominated, has been very, this is the way that we do business. And she's Mm -hmm. brought such this gentleness and love and kindness and said, you know, here's, here's another way of doing it. And I just, I love it. (laughs) I hate it up. (laughs) It's kind of like Steve Jobs met Brene Brown or something. Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) No, she's just, she's a genius. Yeah, she is. She's amazing. She's amazing. Well, tell me, is there a, a uh, specific life quote that that you have somewhere you've written in a journal, you've got it on taped on your computer, it's on the wall. Is there some is there one quote that just kind of inspires you that you you like to refer back to often? Could be two. There, there is one actually. Um so the it's one that I cannot for the life of me figure out who initially said it and uh-huh. where I initially heard it. Um my something in my brain is telling me Ben Franklin, but that might also be fake. So who knows? Um, but the, the quote is this, it's do today only what you can do again tomorrow. And it's this idea of living your life through habits that, you know, you're not going to overextend yourself today. You know, you're going to always have the long view in mind. And I, I think I maybe had heard it initially in like a workout context of like, you know, don't, you know, kill yourself because then you'll be out of commission for a week. Um, but I think like in a business context, it aligns really closely with what I want to do as far as create a lifestyle that is going to be sustainable and create a business that I love that's not going to burn me out over time. So that definitely plays in my head a lot. Well, I can I can assure you, if Ben Franklin didn't say it, he probably thought it because <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly fits into his his kind of life pattern. You know, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. very systematic, very methodical, very habit driven. So. Yeah, that, that's that's good. I, that's nobody's ever mentioned that quote before. So that's a that's a great <laughs> quote to add to our list here. So if you could go back, say, eighteen months, what's what's a, a specific piece of advice you would give yourself that our listeners may may be able to you know benefit from as well? That you would say, I'd, I'd love to have a mulligan on that. I'd love to have a redo on that one. This is one piece of advice I would give myself that I would do something different twelve to eighteen months yes. ago. I would um, always be free with my advice. So that's actually one of the uh, regrets that I have about my business is that there have been certain times where people have reached out for help. And um, I think that there's this there's this movement right now of, you know, charge what you're worth. Um, you know, don't say, you know, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, let me pick your brain, you know, you should say no and direct them to your, you know, consulting fee sure. or something like yeah. that. And like, I, I get, I get the mentality behind it and I'm behind, you know, charging for your work. But at the same time, I think there is something really important, even from just a lead standpoint of offering some, you know, uh, some level of help early on, mm-hmm. if only to show that, you know, what you're talking about, to show that you are helpful, um, and to give them a taste of what it's like to work with you. There have been times where I have, 
you know, kind of turn my shoulder and be like, you know, I'd love to help, you know, here's how much it'll cost. And I've regretted <laughs> it every single time. Wow. So that would definitely be my biggest piece That's of advice word. is don't do that. Just be nice help people sure. and it'll, it'll come back. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that is a, that's a great point to make because you're right. There is a, there's a real movement in the, this online, you know, business space that says, you know, don't give your time away for free. But I mean, I heard a quote on another podcast I was just listening to today, an Albert Einstein quote that said, you know, don't try to be a person of success, be a person of value. And mm. I, you know, I really, that really resonated with what you just said. I mean, I just, I like to hear that, you know, that, whole idea of, you know, providing valuable, you talk about providing valuable content, you know, that is part of what you do. And I, I mean, I've read back through some of your blog posts. I mean, you do that, you know, you do provide that, that content, you provide good advice that's completely free and accessible on your, on your blog. But I'm sure that, you know, you, as we dig deeper, you know, that would lead to, you know, courses that you would provide or something like that, which makes perfect sense. I mean, that's, that's mm -hmm. what you do for a living. Um, but I, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the heart behind, you know, the things that you've, you've said today. And, and I think that it just speaks well to, to our audience and, and what, you know, as, as we are trying to walk on this planet together, you know, and, and just the whole idea, even behind this, the rising tide, as we, we talked off camera before we, before we started this interview. So as we're wrapping up today, tell me, is there, is there anything that I haven't touched on that, that you would like to share with our audience or, um, any, any links that you send me, I'm going to put in the show notes, like we said. So, but, uh, you're welcome to, this is your time. We just want to, want to get to know you better and just give you an opportunity to share what you want to share. And, and, um, you tell us. Yeah, I would, oh my gosh, my mind's going in a million different directions. <laughs> um, you know, if I we might run out of recording video, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, I think that business wise, a lot of people put off copywriting, um, thinking that, you know, they can hack it together for now and maybe they'll invest in it one day, but right now I just need to do it. Um, and I would encourage people to either start studying it for themselves or get involved with a copywriter earlier on mm -hmm. because, you know, and I would say this, even if I wasn't a copywriter, sure. like this is just, it's so important to your business. It's, um, you know, found the, the messaging and the way that you relate to your customers forms the foundation of everything that you're going to be doing moving mm -hmm. forward. Um, so I think that, you know, in the early days, heart and passion, you know, may, uh, take you to a certain extent as far as, you know, you're a plucky entrepreneur, you've got the passion, you're going to connect with people in that way. But to solidify and become professional moving forward, that's when, you know, the right messaging can really come into play. Well, it's, I mean, that's such sage advice because, I mean, as you were talking, I'm thinking, you know, you wouldn't invite anyone over to your house and, and it would just leave it a mess. <laughs> so, I mean, if somebody's coming yeah. to your website, is there, is there engaging with you through email? I mean, they're virtually coming into your virtual house. You know, so, sure, and it's, sure. what impression do you want to leave them? And I, I mean, you would know this better than I, but I, I know that people are so quick to, to have that first impression. And if that first impression is not good, it, it's, it's horrific to get back. You know, it's almost impossible to get them back. If they, you know, within three seconds, they probably decide if they're going to stay or not with, you know, looking mm -hmm. at that, at that website or that blog article or whatever. So that it is so it is so important what you just mentioned to to make sure that it's quality it looks good it's well written the words are spelled right <laughs> it's edited i mean how many times you've gone to a website and it just looks it just looks like they spent virtually no time putting this together 
for sure for Bad sure and you know i think you know. so many so many people don't even realize what their own websites look like yeah. you know so i would encourage everybody to you know get a friend to look at your website and say you know give some honest feedback as like does this communicate what I'm trying to communicate? Do you even know what I'm doing in my business by visiting my website? That's a, that's a big one is yeah. people get so caught up in the ideas of what they want to put forward that they never actually tell their reader, you know, Hey, I'm a coach, you know, or I offer this service or this product. It's like, make it, make it clearer. If you do that, you're going to go a long way. What's it. I mean, I think it was on one of the, one of your tweets that I was looking at that uh, was how to write a good about us page. Or about oh, yeah. me page, you know, uh -huh. and I, I and I read that article and I thought that makes so much sense, and we spend so little time actually even thinking about that, you know. But that is so so pertinent and so important, and and you know, as people are looking, you know, do I want to do business with this person? I want to make sure that that we we resonate, you know, that that there is some oh, yeah. you know something that connects us together, you know, through that page. So. Well, thank you for for wrapping that up with with uh, not we all we got two we got to buy one get one free great advice that, that <laughs> right there at the end so happy to help <laughs> tell us how how people can find you online what's the what's the best way yeah the best way is just my website it's jessierlewis.com and that is j e s s i e uh huh Lewis L E W I S okay Jesse R Lewis and that's that's pretty much where everything is that's where you can find my blog that's where you can get a free little mini email course on adding more personality to your website lots of things happening over there and it also has all your social media icons oh yeah on that page as well yep. so well Jesse thank it. you <laughs> um, I, I can't thank you enough for for coming on the show and and listeners this is now your chance to speak in Jesse's mentioned uh, you know, the, the kind of the high point and low point. And you know what? I have completely forgotten about the pain points. <laughs> I, I walked right by that. And you know what? I reserve the right to circle back because it's my podcast. So tell us. <laughs> All right. What, tell me, your, what are your, say, your top two pain points? I got so engaged in what you were saying. I forgot what I was well, we, doing. We got to, had a good thing going yeah, there. Uh, yeah. Forgive me, listeners. I, I was asking you for something <laughs> I hadn't even given you yet. So. Um, I would say at this point in my business, um, especially in these past two weeks, I've noticed that I need a much better system for somehow managing leads and sales conversations and keeping that all organized. Okay. Right now, I have a mixture between a spreadsheet, a note, and a whiteboard where I'm trying to keep track of many things. So any suggestions on like CRMs or systems that you guys use, that would be fantastic. Um, the other pain point um, is kind of closely tied to that, but I'm considering, fingers crossed, that as things keep growing, I'm looking to um, potentially hire my first assistant. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear some guidance on, you know, when is the right time to get an assistant? You know, what should I be looking for? Um, anything along those lines. Now, are you looking at maybe a virtual assistant or are you looking at, at one that would virtual. be res Okay. Everything virtual. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Stay in your own home. <laughs> You know, so about 30 minutes before I got online, I was I was getting the Skype, uh, getting Skype ready. And and I noticed that there was something that you had put maybe on your website about I love Twitter. So I, I was looking at your Twitter profile and, and or at your, your Twitter feed. And there was something on there about um, this is me after I come back from a conference of of meeting five people or whatever and it has this baby going face down on a couch <laughs> entirely that, that, that is an introvert <laughs> 
Well, I got so much energy in That's me. That's right. That's somebody needs some <laughs> me time right there. For sure. For, <laughs> for sure. sure. Well, listeners, we we've uh, we now have the pain points that you can speak into. So, and they will be listed on the website. And uh, we'd love your feedback. And this is the the unique selling point of of rising tide startups is we want our audience to be proactively engaged and in adding feedback and 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 speaking into this as a community because the basic premise of rising tide startups is all boats rise in a rising tide. Jesse, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.